I'm not sure how the, how the world looked to you as you were coming to church this morning, because some of you uh, drive all of uh, five minutes to get here, and you might have been buried in fog where you started and buried in fog when you got here, and it was just like that. Um, in, in my travel from the coast, I had a variety of weathers, and it was just delightful to see, and it happens basically this time of year, how, how the evening fog of the night before will just settle and stay in the crevices of the mountains and the barrancas and the, and the valley sometimes coming up from Oxnard into Camarillo, It'll just lay there. Um, just gorgeous, gorgeous to behold, a bright sun and the clouds. Some of us don't have time for this kind of stuff. You know, looking at the sky, looking at the mountains, thinking about the beauty of the earth. It may be a key to um, a happy life to pay attention to that. At our men's retreat, we we were paying notice yesterday that, you know, if you actually go outside during your day, and you can be a woman and do this too, it's not just for the men, If you actually get out of the ruts that you are in in your day inside the building and move your body outside and walk around some trees, it might even work if it's in a parking lot that you're walking around and you can see some trees, but definitely if you go out into the trees and the bushes. Um, Medical science has shown that you will de-stress by the impact of being in nature. Something to keep in mind. Good lessons from modern medical science, but also some good lessons this morning from Jesus talking about where we put our heart and what we treasure in our lives. And his lesson today is not so much about a lesson about wealth and about covetedness, or idolatry, it's, it's really more about, well, what do you love? And where do you put your heart as you move through your life? Because where you put that heart is going to be what you treasure. Now, you know, with... Um, with thinking about where these scriptures come from and, and whether we can have a confidence that they, they come from Jesus and, and we should give them that level of seriousness about what they say or, or they come from uh, the early church or just wisdom literature. There's, there's a lot of um, scholarship that says, you know, this sounds exactly like Jesus, but it also sounds exactly like a lot of wisdom that we humans have that pop up in different places and in different centuries. Now, would that preclude the fact that Jesus might say it? No. Would it preclude the fact that you would say, well, only Jesus has said it? Well, maybe. But if wisdom to you is something that reveals the truth of the cosmos and the truth of God, then we celebrate this scripture today as scripture that bears truth for us and that comes to us through the ruminations 
of the one we call our Lord and Savior. And it's presented in the Gospel of Luke in a, in a section in which there's a lot of stuff about anxiety and how you're going to deal with anxiety and possessions. Luke 12 and, and 13, about where we lay up our treasures, whether we seek our security from things here or there or what are they. And the wisdom being that true security is to be found not in wealth, but in a connection to that which is transcendent and that which is timelessly divine. Anxiety, though, well, anxiety about all sorts of things challenges our sense of security. It might be a byproduct of who we are as humans, that we just are anxious. At least it seems to be somehow kind of universal in that people cultivate, you might say, anxiety in different cultures, in different generations. It's not just something that we Americans do in the 21st century. Those who do not have enough to live on, to feed, shelter, and clothe themselves, naturally are, are, anxious, are anxious about how they're going to get by. And those who have opportunities to develop a better life than they are now enjoying, well, they worry about how they're going to get to that better life and those who have all they need and more are anxious about maintaining and protecting their wealth. Mountains of things, abundance, seems really not to be the solution to anxiety. The solution to anxiety lies somewhere else. The New Yorker magazine some, some years ago had a, had a piece by Kurt Vonnegut where he was talking about uh, Joseph Heller. Do you recognize these names? And Vonnegut wrote, true story, word of honor. Joseph Heller, an important and funny writer, now dead, and I were at a party given by a millionaire on Shelter Island. I said, hey, Joe. How does it make you feel to know that our host only yesterday may have made more money than your novel, Catch-22, has earned in its entire publication? And Joe said, I got something he can never have. And I said, what on earth could that be, Joe? And Joe said, the knowledge that I have enough. Not bad, said Vonnegut. Rest in peace. Amassing possessions is kind of a full-hearted attempt if your goal is to seek security in life. Possessions do not answer fundamental questions or needs of life. 
Our souls, you might say, are not saved by having mountains of things. Do you remember that Tracy Chapman song, Mountains of Things? She speaks to this elegantly. Faith in Jesus Christ awakens our consciousness of a, of a spiritual dimension of life. By so doing, faith, well, faith allows and, and even forces us, you might say, to see our lives from a new perspective. And it is uh, clearer what is important and what is not important. Followers of, of Christ Jesus oftentimes have their perspective tweaked so that they are devoted to higher things than what we can consume. Or at least we think that's what Jesus is teaching is about for us and that is how we ought to be. Many people have had an experience like mine. I, I, don't, I don't say this is unique, but this is, this is mine. And I had a, a near-death experience, and I came back to consciousness from that experience and then started return to life. And I will say to you, I did not rejoice in getting back to my things. That is not what brought me joy and and uh, resurrected <laughs> my life from that moment of death. Rather, I rejoiced in love relationships. I rejoiced in simple beauties that were all around me. I even found it possible to rejoice in the mysteries of the unanswered questions of life, of just being, of being able to just be. Jesus teaches us the connection of the heart to what is treasured, reveals the character the character of our soul. Are you physically, are you emotionally, are you spiritually orientated as you're going through life? Are you, are you prizing the boat, the china, the clothes, the jewelry? Are you prizing the loved ones, the people in distress around you, your heart breaking open for them? Are you, are you prizing who you understand to be God and your Lord? Peace comes from attending to God's concerns, your spiritual well-being, the well-being of the human family. Generosity and treasuring God are antidotes to anxiety. Choosing to give rather than to grasp is the best way of life. Many spoke of this in the aftermath of the Lahaina fire. 
beyond the grief over deaths and, and injuries that, that many sustained in their family or, or to themselves, some folk were either devastated or other folk were set back. Some people didn't see a future unfolding and others saw another opportunity to wade forward into life. And it depended a lot upon their sense of where they placed their heart. Did they place it on everything that had burned up? I know that's hard not to do sometimes, right? But did they place it all in that? Or did they place it in the more intangibles of life? You may recall your own experiences from the Thomas fire or the fire that we had around here that raged up the hillsides and went over and uh, some of our members were gathering horses and taking them to another place. Some, some were bouncing from uh, community to community finding a safe place because they had to evacuate their home. Some of us were put in a position of leaving the house before it burnt and deciding, what do I take? And like the people who live or sustain hurricanes in their home, some of us probably sat there and said to ourselves, I'm not leaving. This is my life. This home with all my photos, this home with evidences of who I was 20 or 50 years ago. This is my life. And some of those folk burn up and some of those folk drown in hurricanes because they do not leave the physical. Were you one of the people that had to grab maybe a, a, a book of photographs and then head for the hills or head away from the hills? It sure got me thinking about what I cherish, what was most important for me, like that time of my life earlier. This was another incident in saying, what do I treasure? Jesus is, I think, trying to teach us a healthy approach to things. And the truth about where we put our heart is where our love is, where our lives are. And if we're putting our heart on our things, we're going to end up in trouble. We're going to end up unfulfilled. We're going to end up a shallower uh, echo kind of of ourselves, of what we could be. than if we put ourselves on the spirit, on love, on human relationship, on beauty. So on this Thanksgiving week, we're, we're given the challenge. Um, we often talk about counting your blessings. Um, I hope you do, and I hope you count the right ones. I, I hope you count the ones that matter the most to you. Amen.